you're listening to Brave New Words, and we are live at FantasyCon. So, hello! Hey. Hello! Uh, for those of you ha- who have never listened to the show, so most of the people in the world, certainly most of the people at FantasyCon, uh, we are a um, podcast. Uh, I will try and go for the boot, boot news, and as has been eloquently described, everyone else will try and stop me. Um, <laughs> we I'm thinking are, just physical violence, to be honest. That's fine, no, I'm used to that. Um, so, yes. Uh, before we do anything else, however, we need to have a lovely jingle. The good ended happily, and the bad unhappily. That is what fiction means. Oscar Wilde, the importance of being earnest. That was lovely. That was lovely. <laughs> that was lovely. It was lovely. But what before, a lovely jingle. But before we stop, can we um, can can people introduce themselves, please? Oh, I'm Dal. I'm always here. <laughs> I'm Maura McHugh. I'm a writer from Ireland, and I do lots of things in different media. Horror. What a surprise. It's FancyCon. Uh, quite a bit of horror. I'm Anna Stevens. Uh, I write gri- gritty slash grimdark epic fantasy, um, the Godbelang trilogy. I'm Claire North, or Kate Griffin, or Catherine Webb. Um, I currently write miserable science fiction that's sold as literature, but it's science fiction. Oh. Uh, I'm producer Al. I'm currently being a student. Hey, thank you everyone for, for, for coming. Who uh, are you, Ed? Oh, I'm, my name is Ed Fortune. Uh, I am Starburst Magazine's literary editor, which is a very polite way of saying that it wrangle books, because books will run away from things if you if you don't tie them down and put them in shelves. So I, mostly what I spend my time is turning around to the rest of the editorial team saying, we should review that because it looks good. And they go, it's a book who has the time. And I'm like, oh, me. And so pretty much my job. Um, so, book uh, news, book news, book news. What can I get on book news? Oh, it's only taken five minutes. So I'm going to start off with uh, first time, which is the Booker Price is 50% less boring this year. Woo! So that's still 50% boring. It's still 50% boring because it's <laughs> okay. still the Booker Prize. Um, I, I only think that the Booker Prize is called the Booker Prize because it's like the man Booker Prize and because it's got the word book in it, people just know what it is. I like, like that. The only reason it's surprised. So, uh, half books nominated for the Man Booker Prize this year are of interest to genre fans. Uh, everything, everything Under by Daisy Johnson is a tale of secret languages and implied cryptozoology. I like the idea of implied, implied. cryptozoology because there's a creature out there. Hang on, what's cryptozoology? Uh, the study of puzzling uh, animals. Yeah. So what's implied? Do they do they do? It's scroll? not necessarily a puzzling animal. <laughs> okay. It's a, it, it might be just slightly perplexing. <laughs> That's not puzzling though. But is this that thing that literature does, where they're like, is it Bigfoot or is it a metaphor for a miscarriage? Is it? Like, okay. <laughs> does it involve feet? Is it a lot of, I, I think the implied cryptozoology is is Bigfoot, but it might be a very hairy man who got lost one day and can't find his keys. Is cryptozoology genuinely puzzling animals? Because I yeah. thought I was taking the piss. No, it's genuinely <laughs> puzzling animals. So there's a there's a, a whole alien big cat phenomenon. Alien uh, big cat. Alien big cat. By which they mean cats are alien to the country that they're in. So cats are very. Oh, they're not xenomorphs like with fur. No, yeah, exactly. It's like Jaguars <laughs> on Bodmin Moor or something. Yes. Isn't there a big cat near Lancaster at the moment? I'm sure a- 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 um, Austin Chambers put something on Instagram today about a big cat that's on the loose near Lancaster. Well, I'm assuming Lancaster because it's Austin. Um, but yeah, big big black cat. 
you get this though, don't you? Quite frequently, like just random. There's a big, it's, massive black. It's increasingly cat sounding like, like a book of publicity stunt gone wrong now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a heck of a way to get the public involved, isn't it? But did the cat pass its cycling proficiency test? <laughs> that is the question for the ages, I think. Oh, is it? In fact, that's what happened to Tufty from the Tufty Club. It went rogue, <laughs> and is now being confused with an enormous cat. Well, the, exactly. <laughs> so, have they awarded the book of prize now? Not yet. Okay. Um, and we've only got like less than a third away through for the first news article. But I, I've forgotten. I thought, started. I thought they had awarded it. They have to. This news is amazing. <laughs> are we speaking <laughs> from the future? <laughs> we are, we are, are we going to play this episode last week? Yes. <laughs> okay. Fine. <laughs> See, now I know where I am in time, but not necessarily okay. space. Okay, does the book have a prize of 50 grand? Yes. yes. They've awarded it. They okay. have. No, now, I know thing, they, but also... They have um, awarded it. Until, I know who Until we see who the winner is, then at this moment, it could be as boring as always. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we don't actually care. Not, it's the other problem. I <laughs> we sort of do, because the person who won it um, is a woman, and she thanked the Lewis District Churches Council and a food bank and housing benefit and council tax benefit because she, like, her life had gone wrong. She had to live on benefits and support for a bit. She had help from a food bank and she's going to use the 50 grand prize to pay yeah. off the debts and be solvent for a bit so she can carry on writing. That's well, pretty awesome. That yeah. is pretty yeah. awesome. Was the book The Water Cure? Because... No. 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 I can't remember. No, it was it's, the milkman. Milk 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 I'm amazed. Mm-hmm. It was like... Lots of news about that. Yeah, but <laughs> she's also from Northern Ireland, and she's the first Northern Irish uh, writer to win the Man Booker Prize. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, what we've done there is we've done an interesting news article, and also I've gotten it horribly wrong. So <laughs> <we didn't laughs> it's uh, it's funny because it's the only piece of news that I could think of from this week about books. <laughs> because it was such a big news item. <laughs> it was totally Anna Burns, Ed. I can't believe you didn't know. I, I'm such a fool. The, the, the other two that we written down with what here from the, uh, which is Sophie McIntosh which is Free Women Locked Away in a Toxic World and the other story I'm just squeezing this in which is about talking trees which mm. oh yes yeah I know I've heard really good things about that book actually and it's on my want to read list yeah. how come that these books are science fiction because they're blatantly science fiction yeah. and yet the Booker Prize is like oh no it's literature yeah, it's, so it's marketing. science fiction. It's marketing. Are you potentially one of the best people to ask that question to? Because like you've just yeah. said in your intro, you were like, I write literature, but I don't. I write science fiction. Well, yeah. it's, in, in that sense, I think there's, there's, from my angle as a science fiction writer going into the literary field, my publisher's gone out of the way to pretend I don't write science fiction so mm-hmm. that people aren't scared off by mm-hmm. the idea that I do goblins and wizards and elves and spaceships, even though I love goblins and wizards and elves and spaceships, um, <laughs> because there's this idea you're going to be scared off by it. But the mm. more time I spend in the, the world of literature, whatever that is, the more I'm just kind of running into so many books. You're like, this is this has fantastic mm. elements, this has science fiction in it. But it's, it's given a cover which has kind of a slightly out-of-focus picture of a woman whose back you can see and quite a sombre font and a kind of blurb going... Alex wasn't sure who she was. Yeah, I mean, kind of it. I mean, I'm not sure who I am right now. Yeah, (laughs) they've done this a lot with horror as well. And one of the things you'll notice, especially in film, is that they're now referring to what they call elevated horror, which is 
i.e. that it's good horror, but we can't call it horror because <laughs> horror means it's bad, you know? So, uh, and there's always been really good horror out there, but everybody's been afraid, and especially in publishing, to refer to a book as horror. Oh my God, no, it can't be horror. I wonder if the artificial divide is kind of doomed because we've got an entire generation who've grown up on fantasy and science fiction and love it mm-hmm. and then have you know grew up reading and that sort of thing and it's a generation pretty much behind you know behind ours um, and I wonder if they're just going to look at things like the Man Booker Prize and go what uh, and mm-hmm. slowly surely this you kind of hope that this artificial kind of divide just collapses mm-hmm. or becomes an almost a joke because it's kind of a joke to us at this point yeah. do you think that do you think sorry do you think there will ever be a Nobel Prize for Literature awarded to a genre novel well it did go to the author of to. The Sleeping Giant who did sit there going I know it's a book about a sleeping giant and it's a fantasy book but it's not a fantasy book guys <laughs> yeah, because I'm it's a metaphor, a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was terrible I think the genre divide is going to collapse to be perfectly honest I have this growing optimism mm. that as a society we are beginning to recognise that what we read does send a message about who we are but frankly screw it who we are is fine we're fine with who we are and it's okay to be an individual reading what we like and screw you if you try and judge before that I think that is genuinely a place we're going to I think what might slow it down is that commercially you want that experiment to end you want people to go I can just read whatever I want but you ideally want the experiment to break that boundary to be done on someone else's book first <laughs> you want the publisher to take that yeah. risk on your, the other guy yeah. yeah and your marketing people definitely want that to happen on someone else's book than yours it's, so. it's not the argument from the publishing industry going to be oh well you know when we classify a book as literature or crime or romantic fiction <coughs> or a thriller or a horror or a science fiction or a fantasy we're helping booksellers and we're helping the public to identify that this thing that we're selling is like this other thing that they might have read previously and therefore they should do it and that's the argument that they will always put up and the bookshop will go oh well no well we need to know where to stack it because we're very terribly busy and Mm. we've got however many tens of thousands of different titles that they've got in your average bookshop Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and we just you know need our minimum wage staff who we treat badly to be able to get the things off the shelf as quickly as possible which is which is more book news before we have to get the cattle project I mean about W.H. Smith I mean Oh, that is more book so news. Surely getting uh, bought mm-hmm. out. You've really done your research. No, that is just news. Still news. They they are reducing the number of stores, mm-hmm. uh, which is why they're selling like snack foods and things as well. Oh, the, the selection yeah. of stuff in Smith yeah. is just weird it, now. Yeah, it's yeah, but it means less less books. You know, bookshops essentially. In some store, in some towns, it's the only bookshop there is. There was a fascinating podcast, which is not this one, uh, by Mark's, <laughs> by Mark, by Mark Stay called Bestseller Experiment, where he uh, writes a bestseller. And the way he writes a bestseller is, well, he writes a book, but what he also does uh, is he. Um, Manipulate. He looks at Amazon and goes, "I'm going to write a book there about this very specific genre," because then it goes to the top of that very specific bestseller list, and then he can promote it as a bestseller. And because he's also written it in oh, such a way, um, he can then move up to the slightly better bestseller yeah, list yeah. and slowly. Be, and it's a, essentially the podcast is him inviting industry professionals, and like clearly he's already written a novel and he's just kind of being a bit of a showman but it's this kind of fascinating mix of it's like playing the niches isn't it mm. like yeah. you are the best-selling author of a book about magic gardeners who have friends that are squirrels pigs and oh. pigs 
um, uh, well done. And then you're like, oh, but now you're also the best-selling author of gardeners who do magic, and now you're the best-selling author. And so it's mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. It's the Amazon very specific it? take bits out until all of a sudden you're you're actually... Yeah. And to use your earlier metaphor about the, the poor person in Waterstones running around, in theory, what they should be is running around with a stack of books and moving the shelves around because the genres change because it's more marketable in that area. Mm-hmm. And more silly. people are being allowed to write the stories they want to write that don't necessarily fit within a genre. Um, we've had that conversation with GX Todd before when they were like, well, where, do we, where do we put this book? And she was like, well, it's sort of horror, but it's sort of a thriller. Uh, it's sort of post-apocalyptic, and it's sort of this, and they they don't know what to do with it. So in the end, it's literally shop by shop. You have to basically go in and ask. Yeah. Uh, it's in sci-fi and horror, and someone else was like, "Oh no, it's in YA because it's about a teenager." And I was like, "No, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no. That's not okay." Um, but yeah, I think. <laughs> the boundaries need to break down because actually I feel like people kind of actually you guys hopefully have more freedom than you used to have and you seem also, from my perspective yeah. to be able to write the stories you want to write and people now. are yeah. denied good books because they're kind of steered away from them you know um, and I, I, I think that's sad but I do think on the flip side it happens with genre people too because I know people who read genre of science fiction or horror they won't read what they think is a literary book even though they're denying themselves also really good fiction because they're stealthily sneaking science fiction and horror into literature <laughs> so uh, you know people should just read widely that's what I try to do I'm, I'm going to uh, oh, well, it's almost in theme but it's not quite so I'm going to try and move on to another news article uh, Somehow I remember to put this one down, but not complete the Puko article. Don't know why. Uh, Marvel has fired Chuck Wendig. Um, oh yes, yeah, bastard. Yeah. Because of Twitter. Sorry. No, I that's entirely that. fine. You can swear as <laughs> yeah. much as you want. Um, Bastards. Um, <laughs> veteran writer Chuck Wendig revealed on Twitter that uh, his Marvel editors have removed him from two Star Wars projects uh, for reasons he described the negativity and vulgarity of my tweet spring which is interesting because he's always been very vulgar. Uh, that's kind of why I like him so much. Is he, is he, are they saying you've been fired because of the stuff you've written on Twitter? Or are they saying you've been fired because you write stuff on Twitter and people react badly to that? Cool. Right. I, I think also he might... So because there was all that stuff... I mean, he got trolled really badly, didn't he? Because he had LGBT representation in his Star Wars mm. novel. And... Um, I mean, I, I read his, his big, long blog post about when he got fired, mm-hmm. and he said that um, he, he sort of, the book was launched at midnight, and he got out of the bookstore at half past 12, and he'd already got, like, 20 or 30 one-star reviews on Amazon, and he was thinking, mm-hmm. well, what the hell's going on? Why is, what? And it was all because of um, trolls who were trying to get, who were trying to say, look, you can't have LGBT representation in Star Wars, and you know, and so I wonder if it was his actual. He started getting trolled on Twitter, so whether his response to that was. He's always been quite a shouty, rude man, mm-hmm. and the the interesting thing with the Star Wars book is there was it's that two-headed troll thing. Um, has anyone ever read a comic strip called Order the Stick? 
there's a really lovely uh, side side screen where they're fighting a, a giant, and one one it's a two headed giant, and on one hand this giant's going, look, I'm being really reasonable, I'm trying to try to try to argue, and we shouldn't be fighting. And the other head's just trying to kill them, mm-hmm. uh, and they eventually just kill them. You know, they just chop off both heads, mm-hmm. and it's a. A, ju- a joke metaphor for what was going on here, because the other head was saying, "Oh no, we don't like the fact that they've they've gotten rid of the throne novels and they've changed the the Star Wars canon, which mm. is also a joke, but that's a different rant. <laughs> uh, they've changed the the Star Wars canon, and it's like, no, you're using that as an excuse to appear reasonable, but what you're actually asking is that the people with the billion dollar franchise don't do anything with it." And they'd quite like to do something with it that includes more people, so more people read it. That's not an unreasonable request. And yet, Disney have now caved into that. Yeah, so they've, they've bowed to the pressure, which I'm, I'm just... Which is what I'm genuinely disgusted. The thing is, I mean, I, I don't know, I find this kind of an interesting argument. There are multimedia, you know, multi-billion dollar industry. They are not progressive in, in a way. You know, and if you're working for them and you go online and you have this persona and it is a persona, then I don't think you're going to be surprised when eventually somebody from this corporation is going to come along and say, I don't like the way you present yourself online. And I'm not saying this is correct, by the way. I'm just saying when you do work for hire for the devil, I, I've do, I have done this, right? You do work for hire for certain corporations. Uh, it's, a, it's a kind of, it's a weird relationship. I'm not saying you should change who you are, but you know going in who you're dealing with. That's what I suppose I say uh, in this regard. And I think um, you can have really good relationships with individual editors, but um, from what I uh, saw, or certainly what Chuck said, was it was an individual editor who had a problem with what he was saying online about the, um, I think it was the Republican Party, and it was very sweary, right? And that started, the editor said, you've got to go. And he fired him because of that. That's, that's what I understand. And now there was this bigger other issue about the way he presents himself online. Um, but the it's I don't know I I, I just think uh, I suppose I'm very cynical about these these organisations because I think they can be really good in some circumstances and then if you work for them on a different project you could have a completely different attitude to, towards you and your work but they themselves on a higher level are just about making money and. Whatever they think is going to make them money, they're going to, they're going to go with. It, it does. Seem, it's tough. It does seem uh, the the way it was put to me by um, Bob Chipman, the mm. the critic. If I'm kind of stealing his words, to be honest, mm. is that don't expect the mouse to take a bullet for you. And yeah. it's like, yeah, don't don't expect the devil to 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 sacrifice themselves. Yeah. That's not what they're going to do. I mean, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying any of this is right, but I'm just saying when you do that kind of work. It's always a risk you're running with uh, the changing weather vane of, mm-hmm. of, of, you know, and how they're going to treat you. And also, I have an issue with people who are like, oh, let's boycott Marvel. Marvel employs lots of writers and artists who are <coughs> underrepresented, who are, are you know, uh, LGBT, uh, you know, women. So, like, what are you going to start 
boycotting everything. Maybe, you know, it's so it's it's like it's complicated. It's not a a single situation. I think. I, I find the whole sorry. I was just going to say, I mean, I, I would personally think that it was basic housekeeping that if you're going to hire somebody, you might look into Absolutely. their public persona. I'd, I'd so, agree. you know, I mean, could they, did they honestly think that uh, had, had nobody checked Chuck's Twitter feed before they hired him to write these books? Oh, no, they, they Because knew. If, they they, knew. if they knew, mm-hmm. and they know that he swears, they know that he's opinionated, they know that he's political, they know that he's writes about diverse characters, if they didn't like any of those things, Maybe they shouldn't have hired him in the first place. But no, they hired him for those things, and yep. that's the thing. They it's wanted both. that market as well. So yep. they wanted both. They want both sides. They want. That's exactly they, they, yeah. they want it, and then as soon as it becomes inconvenient, mm-hmm. they, 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 they same with James Gunn mm-hmm. yep. to an extent. They throw you under the bus, and, they, they, and it's yep. it, it's kind of fast. Yeah, it's horrible. But it's kind of fascinating at the same at the same time. It's but really. It's just. <coughs> Just a very, very odd timing with it all. If all of this has been sparked by LGBT representation within Marvel, Marvel obviously, the Marvel Studios now being part of the Disney mm. side of things, and Disney have just spent the last couple of months having to deal with people kicking off about the fact that they're actually acknowledging a gay character in one of their mm. films. And it's just. It's just mind baffling. It's like you can't. How mm, is did just is it, did Jack Whitehall deal with it better? Like what? Oh, Almost, I can't maybe, make maybe, words. Maybe it was none of that. Maybe it was the fact that this tweet was about the Republican Party, and maybe that's where the line was. Mm. Well, uh, then yeah. say that. Oh, well, they're not going to admit that. No. <laughs> I mean, it's you know this is, this stuff is awful. I mean, if you're a creator and you've, you're online, you know, and you want to be yourself. Um, but you want to make a living and there is a stifling going on don't get me wrong mm. you know and I and again I'm not saying any of this is correct but it is this rotating weather vane that's going on like it's okay to be shouty sweary with this project and now something has changed which we may not even know what's actually gone on in the background that's the other thing you know why this order came down it could have been the editor. It could have been something else that went on, and now he's out of bounds. He's got to go. It's, it's a tiny migrating yeah. point. I mentioned this in an earlier panel uh, about Twitter trolls in general and and literary criticism. They annoy me. Like like the thing with the thing with um, the Chuck Wendig book. He did the Star Wars books, and there were mm. people going, "Oh, and they're badly written because they change perspective." And it's like, no, that's called writing a novel, my friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's like, oh, you know, you know, and and, he, and it jumps, and the pacing's all over the place. It's like, and again, yes, that's Chuck, how you write a novel. That's how you mm-hmm. write a novel, and also that's Chuck Wendig's signature style to to leap round and like um, he his uh, Miriam Black books um, change perspective all the time. Most people die as soon as he changes perspective. You're like, they're, they're dead. <laughs> and, and there's one bit where it's just a bouncing chain of doom like a final yeah. destination kind of thing and it's marvellous and it's like and if I didn't know I was reading a Chuck Wendig novel up until that scene I would know then mm. but I know that because I read books and it, like kind of like the, the clause on Twitter it's quite clearly nothing to do about the quality of his writing and something else and that. yeah and they just see. don't like him but we now live in a world yeah. where people can give feedback direct to the creator and they forget that even though they have an opinion doesn't mean that that warrants that story being written the creative 
has created the story they wanted to write but because now all of a sudden you have a platform to be like I'm talking directly to you and telling you that actually you should have done it like this doesn't matter yes maybe you would have written that story or you like that but this is how you want that written and but that doesn't matter because the writer wants to tell you this story I should interject at this point if you if you're listening to the show later um, obviously if you want to tweet us we're Radio Bookworm at Twitter uh, and at Starburst underscore mag if you have nice things to say if you have horrible criticisms and you think we're awful we're games radar Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, moving on um, Space and Time magazine is closing Um, after 52 years a magazine um, American anthology periodical Space and Time magazine has decided to close. The magazine. Is it being replaced by Time and Space magazine? <laughs> Timey whiny. Timey whiny. The thing is, it's sort of up for sale because they've they've, they've had a reducing number of subscribers, and I'm like, who doesn't want to own that magazine? Me. You would, you would, <laughs> I'm alright. But if you owned it, you would be the master of space and time. Oh. Ooh, ooh. Mm. You can put that on your cart. Put that on your CV. Go on then, Ed. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I own space no. and time. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I own space and time. Because their, their thing with it is, is kind of, it's, it's not so much that it's for sale, but if someone wants to, uh. to, if someone wants to breathe new life into it, they are happy to have that conversation. But kind of, if no one does, then. Yeah. Don't the numbers not make sense as well? Because it's only been 52 years, but the, the, the actual editions they've put out don't make sense within the idea of 52. It's Is not it... one a year, it's not twice a year. I don't I don't like the numbers. It probably makes sense in terms of the curvature of the earth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Time and space sense. Yeah. The last issue is, 100, is issue 113. <laughs> See, what? that doesn't make sense. That's, That's 52, 52 years. Oh. Yeah. So it's not, that's more than so two they're prolific. But way less than three. Yeah. But it's an anthology <laughs> magazine, so kind of... Maybe it's based on the time it takes some other planet in the solar system to go around the sun. <laughs> Maybe. So, yeah. Well. So it's a Venusian magazine. <laughs> There's not many Venusians. Does it so teach you Aikido? <laughs> that's an... Yeah, I, I would hope so. Well, I would hope so. I feel like we're putting together a really good uh, bid for this, <laughs> this magazine here. Do we not have to be based in America? Do we have to be based in America? Everything's online nowadays. Yeah. We can send stuff there to print, surely. <laughs> I have friends in America. They can do the printing bit. I, I went to America once. Does that oh. count? Yes, absolutely. I was born in America. Oh. <laughs> so, so between us, we have a... I, I, see, I don't know how it works. I don't know if it's like being the president. You have to be born in America to own space and time. <laughs> I could technically but I won't be <laughs> I know just fire the president into space <laughs> and time and time, time, and time. time. <laughs> or alternatively time just into the sun yeah. <laughs> that's great <laughs> so I'm going to get trolled now I'm going to yeah. be like Chuck uh, yeah, yeah. I've got another news article we're still actually getting it um, well, it just feels far too much of quick progress through the pre arranged <laughs> schedule of items uh, there's a fifth Noughts and Crosses novel coming. Um, uh, former children's laureate Mallory, Mallory Blackman, who, as we record this, none of us have seen her Doctor Who episode. Okay. So oh. excited. Oh my god. Is this tomorrow night? Yeah. 
Yeah. Cool. Fantasy right, Con's right. just going to shut down for now on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. like, there's, there's no discussing that. It's already hard enough not watching Daredevil season three for all that I love you guys. But, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Maybe yeah. that Doctor Who. I'm so excited. Lady Doctor, everything about it. I can just... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really enjoying um, Jodie Whittaker's Doctor. Yeah, I am. I haven't I got am. there yet. I, I haven't. They've seen only it. just put series ten on iPlayer, as yeah. far as I'm aware. So I'm getting so, there. So, like the thing, the thing that I grew up with Davison, and Davison's my doctor. And mine. And I, the thing I loved about Davison was that he was sex, sexless, but a little bit queer, which I kind of liked. And to me, anyway. Uh, and he had lots of friends and he was very energetic and he ran around saying come on let's do this thing if you mm. see what I mean and he had all these friends and they were his chums mm. and there was this manic energy of I'm not sure what I'm doing and I'm about to collapse but I'll get it done and I'll get it fixed and I look at Whittaker's Doctor and I think I can see all the things I liked about Davison and all the things I liked about Baker in there as well and a little mm. bit of Capaldi because I liked a little bit of Capaldi and a little bit of Tennant and it's just like and it's impossible to com- not to compare Mm-hmm. the current actor to all the rest of them so you might mm-hmm. as well just do it does but that I'm... mean that based on my youth that my doctor is McGann uh... depend on how old you are so I was born in 86 so it wasn't around a lot longer after think... that was it and then there was the film so you might just have had McCoy the film was 96 but I don't, I don't remember it being on telly when mm. I was little. I remember you, you would catch episodes, mm. and like the Peter Cushing film was on like every Saturday, um, but it wasn't like an actual, like it's three o'clock, let's all sit down and watch. I feel the My Doctor thing, thing is when you like really connect with a particular one, mm. and that's when you start getting into the show. Okay. Like, like you imprint on it like a, like a duck you, you imprint on, the, <laughs> on, on, on a particular doctor and just like a doctor a doctor <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome <laughs> that's the next one uh, yeah it's going to be a duck tales David Tennant is the voice of Scrooge McDuck these days though yeah is he? Yeah. Yes. And the master of time and space. <laughs> has, it, has it ever established that the Doctor has to look humanoid? Or is like a duck a possibility? I feel like they've mentioned tentacles. So, as a massive nerd. Right. Oh, here we go. So, the, the tentacular duck of Gallifrey. Yeah, there we are. Nice. Brilliant. Like so the seal of Rassilon. It's a seal of Rassilon. It's a seal that Rassilon turned into. That's clearly the seal of Rassilon. <laughs> yeah. How that works. Yeah. Um, no, there's an episode of... Um, so when they changed Romanas, right. uh, Douglas Adams wrote basically a skit. And it's a 70s joke, and it's a, you know it's the old joke of the, you can't decide what to wear thing. But rather than doing it as different hats... Romana literally changes regenerations and some of them are like squiddy things and tall things and mm. short things and all the rest of it. And it's actually meant to be a rather slightly sexist joke about you know, women can't make up their mind about clothes but with bodies. But if we ignore that, because it's not a very good joke um, and just take it as a bit of science fiction Romana sits there and changes her body multiple times before settling on something. Mm. And some of those things are alien. So it's like well, that was established back then that they could do it. Yeah. Mm. 
I was a bit when you were like, oh, and she and she changes. I thought you were going to say her face, and then I got really horrible Return to Oz flashbacks. <laughs> so that oh, was this one memories. I was just recommending that to someone, and it was saying he hadn't seen it, and I said, and you've got children, please traumatize them now. <laughs> you know, such little, a great movie. The creatures were scary, and then I watched it for the first time in years, a few years ago, and actually the stuff in the real world is horrific. Like she's oh, supposed God, to be yes. like a ten-year-old girl, and they're like. Come on, let's go have some ECT. Yeah, they're, like, they're, they're about to fry a brain, right? That's, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. And there is a, a question at the end of uh, what what's actually happened. Yeah, know, I think. You know. And because I didn't really put together because because when you're very small, like mm. when I was very small, I don't, other people are probably more intelligent and observant than I am I didn't actually put the connection together that what she was seeing in Oz was what she was seeing in hospital so the yeah. wheelers are the orderlies yeah, and I right. so, yeah, yeah. and then just that, that noise then I was yeah. like you hate that noise anyway but now knowing it's because that's the bed that was taking her yeah. <laughs> oh yes Ooh, awful yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so if you could regenerate as an animal what mm. would you be? are you RJ Barker? <laughs> no, but I have spent a lot of time with him over the last 18 months. And Giant unfortunately, slob. it wears off. Giant slob. Gi- um, well, yes. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no, giant slob. Giant sloth. Flamingo. Oh. 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 I just have a thing for tall, gangly, gormless looking animals. I'm just like, yeah, but let's be pink. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with a prehensile tail. Mm-hmm. That that is just that would be my thing. So so like Romana, who's regenerating into lots of different things, I'd be like, yeah, just give me a tail and we're done. Prehensile tail, you know, something just like an extra hand. Yep. Just you know, sit there and hold your drink for you. Except there's doing a danger, isn't it? You go down things. the octopus route because what if you like an octopus that starts having its own brain and you kind of find yourself sat there having a lovely conversation? Your prehensile tail is off chatting to someone else and like stealing shit. What if your prehensile tail is a kleptomaniac? Mm. What if you fall out with it and it stops slapping you around the face? Oh my god, it's like having two heads as a giant! Very <laughs> yeah. true. Well, Maybe a flamingo is safer. GCSEs, my biology teacher, was like, Had a tail. Oh, do you no, but he was like, Do you want to come and see a thing in the lab? And he opened up a freezer and he had a little pig in there that had two heads. And I was just saying, what? what? And um, yeah, he, he went to pick up something for biology from a local farm. And he was just like, they'd just had a birth. And they were just like, do you want this piglet? It's got two heads. And like, it, it, it didn't survive birth. Mm. And so he just put it in the freezer and was just like, yeah, look at this. And I was just Did like, you study at the Hammer House of Hope? Apparently. When I was putting it back in the freezer, I heard a noise, looked up, and there was like a hamster just looking at me. And I was like, when did we get a hamster? And um, a girl, a girl had been like, her and her friends were like crowded around her pencil case, and she brought her hamster to school in her pencil case Aww. to show all her friends. So they confiscated it, and it became the biology hamster. But because everyone That's thought I was a really good student, I was allowed to run the hamster during lessons, so it would sit on my desk, and I wouldn't do my work because I'd just be stopping it falling off the end of my desk. <laughs> it was great. Loved it. I didn't do very well in biology. Child, but you're an expert in hamster wrangling. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, little two-headed piggy. I would change my regeneration and never mind the sloth uh, and the orangutan because then you can get like tall shelves and then you want to be a librarian. Yes. Yes. Exactly. yes. <laughs> like, that'd be the gig. Um, giraffe. Jaff. Giraffe. Jaff. 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 
Just feel like it. So yes, uh, uh, Cliff notes and Plus's book is uh, this news article still going on. Uh, is, um, <laughs> the latest book has been inspired by current events, including Brexit, Trump, and the rise of the right in Europe. So that sounds fun. I was <laughs> just thinking. Like <laughs> <laughs> thing is, new, we've also reached the point where even books that aren't about that just are, oh, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> like, so many things you're like, oh, this makes me sad because this is basically real life now. Oh, yeah, oh. I went to see War of the Newts, the theatre version the other week, and. In the bunker in London, and you could argue that's about Brexit. Mm. I mean, it's not, but it is. But it could be. But it's probably not. But it might be. <laughs> <laughs> the book was written like almost hundred years ago. I want to say. Mm. Well, I don't, I don't know. Well, I think we've reached a comforting cultural place now where you can read Game of Thrones and go, oh, it's the Tory party cabinet. Like, it's not about the books anymore. It's not, yeah. it's not actually about the content. It is just about us. Welcome to our power. Mm. Is Theresa May dancing Queen and Queen of Dragons? <laughs> there are many question marks about which one Theresa May No, but is. she should be set on fire. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you are getting trolled. <laughs> it's okay have you seen Anna's guns she just set herself out <laughs> every time I'm on Instagram I'm just like oh I'm just going to eat my cake <laughs> Anna does a lot of fitness stuff yeah no I, I, oh, got that. I, I was just thinking more if I had a choice between if there was a book like tomorrow and I had a choice between any of the political parties or dragons dragons dragons, dragons. It's like, like, yes, it's all going to end in fire and, and tragedy. Even, yeah, and they'll be like, mmm, that it is also crunchy how and tasty to me. <laughs> right that, you are the problem. <laughs> but dragons. But dragons, that yeah. will eat you. But at least we'd know Set you on fire first. Yeah. Oh, like yes, they're unapologetically dragon. Yeah, why, that's why, the good thing. Why vote for a lesser evil? Just, just get it over and done. They're is not going to tell you they're going to make life better. That's right. They're not yeah. going to do. Yeah, they're yeah. just going to no, say, but... "You wanted us, you've got us." Okay. Yeah. Take also, your clothes off because I'm not eating nylon. You know, before, <laughs> before they they drag any fiery death eating you, you know, Wales might get some infrastructure investment. So there's that. And I feel like the rest of the world already have things that want to eat them. So it's not really that Australia. much of a jump, is it? Yeah, yeah Australia, Australia. America. Australia, the continent that wants to kill you. Like yeah. that, yeah. that giant crocodile on the golf course. Alligator, oh. sorry. And yeah, like, so why isn't bears. Trump on that golf course? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. He was just took his skin suit off. Yes, it was him. It Excellent was him. audience. You see, like, if the Secret Service will take a bullet for the president, what's their approach to alligators approaching menacingly? Like, will they intervene? I will take an alligator for the president. Yeah. 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 I think the snipers will get him first. <laughs> oh, dear. In this scenario, does an alligator... Is the alligator ticking? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seriously crossing genres now. The president that would refuse to grow up. You know, <laughs> um, one new stories. Uh, Have you seen Boss Baby? It's a film called Boss Baby, and the entire film is about how Donald Trump is a baby. <laughs> it is literally, literally the whole film is about a baby that. It's no, trying to take not. over the world. I watched it, and within minutes, like, and because it's, it's voiced by Alec Baldwin, who's mm. like the famous Donald Trump voice man. Mm. Like, literally, it's an entire film about a baby that is definitely Donald Trump. And then later on, they try and make it like, oh no, this baby is not Donald Trump because you meet another baby that is literally like blonde, quaff, mm. fat, and red faced, and it's really just like, nah, 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 nah. yeah, they, that baby Donald Trump will not grow up, boss baby. 
Mm. So moving on. <laughs> uh, tip Tree Fellowship applications have opened. Uh, you have until Halloween. Uh, it says October 31st, but anyway, it's Halloween. Let's call it Halloween. Uh, 2018 Trip Tree Fellowship. Every uh, year, two offers are granted uh, $500 for work that pushes towards the Tip Tree mission, uh, which is to encourage writers and other creative artists to bold enough to contemplate shifts uh, and changes in gender roles. Uh, a fundamental aspect of any society, no one's stopping. Uh, a funda- fundamental aspect of any society, the organisation is named after Alice B. Sheldon, who wrote under the name James mm-hmm. Tiptree in order to actually you know, get published and get people to read it. I think we talked about this this time last year. Yeah, we've we, we, definitely we, spoken about it. It's almost this. like it happens every year. Yeah. <laughs> I think my, my standpoint on it has always been like, I get it, but it makes me sad that it's something that we need to encourage is yeah that like what well, I kind of doing I think the gender conversation is very important I'm just still very sad we're, we're still having it and yes. I feel like we mm-hmm. talk about this on this show forever and whether it's in this guys or the previous book show we, we've been going for four years five years, five years this show's been going and we are constantly talking about the gender debate and gender fluidity and gender within fiction and it's just really sad I think you should be happy I think in grand historical terms if you look at the history of all great social battles the right for you know any semblance of racial equality in the USA that took hundred years to get from the end of slavery to maybe you can sort of think about voting in Alabama perhaps if we're not shooting you though we'll still have to think about and we've still got another 50 years of work to go before we get to Barack Obama and hey there's going to be a racial backlash like that's 150 years of work to get to Barack Obama mm-hmm. 150 years and there's a historian you look back at that and you go you know who made the difference yeah firebrands made the difference with great triumphant acts but mostly it was people working their socks off for yeah, decades, and right. decades and decades and decades and I think society loves to kind of reward the spectacular events and the you know the great five round leaders who stand up and make that speech one day but you guys with your four years think big it, yeah. think 20 years and then one day when we actually do get to a place where people are just people and that's awesome and we can respect people's stories we respect people's culture respect people's identity and not make that the thing by which we define them but actually just respect who they are you guys are sitting there going yeah we slogged for that yeah, and you can absolutely. be damn proud of that yeah Cheers all round. Yeah. <laughs> it is the tiniest flag that we have to wave, really, but I, I just love the tip trees. And one of the things I really like about the actual awards themselves is they're such a great benchmark. Because I was, I was saying this elsewhere about the idea, the concept of awards and the fact that the useful thing about awards is when someone goes, do you have any recommendations? And I read lots of stuff and my brain is full of weasels. And <laughs> I just, when someone says to me, do you have any recommendations? I just jam and think about badges. And I just, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just can't really think of anything off the top of my head. I, I, might, I'm, I might randomly, you know, recommend the book that I'm currently reading, which might not be a good idea. Um, but typically, um, what I'll do if I have a minute is I'll grab an award that I liked recently and the list mm. that I liked recently that I'm familiar with. Mm. And that's either going to be the clock, uh, mm. typically because that's only a good list, or all the tip trees, or Shirley bits. Jackson. Yeah, Shirley Jackson's very good for horror. Yeah, <coughs> and and just just grab, and it, it's just an easier shorthand to go. Mm-hmm. Hang on, let me just check this list. 
Let me just look through, and obviously if it was this month, it would probably be the, the British Fantasy Awards, because I'd just look through the list, not the podcast, obviously. Um, five minutes. Oh, we've got five minutes? Yeah, he oh, was being goodness. very quiet we've and polite, gotten, but we've got five minutes. We've got nowhere near through the news. <laughs> Shocker. Do, actually, to be fair, we did talk about books a lot today. We did. That's yeah, not yeah. normal. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I felt we'd say, you know, vaguely close to the whole talking about words thing, which... One of these live shows is an achievement. Um, I, I'm going to try and steer towards another news article. Oh. Uh, EasterCon 2020 needs you. Oh, goodness. I love EasterCon. It's a great event, but it is constantly not happening. <laughs> it, it's, it's in a permanent state of just disaster. Terror. Yeah, terror. It's a, it, it is kind of like, what are those animals that are always scared? Apart from me. Oh, the emus? No, the um, the ones that have the big eyes. Yeah. The low. Loris. Lo- yes. Slow Loris. Yes, them. And then people think that they're like all happy when they tickle them, but actually they're like screaming inside. Oh god. Yeah, it's really, it's really sad. But, but the thing is, so that's Easter call. Running, running an event is so much work. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like it's so hard. I'm involved uh, for a long time. I've been involved in various types of running of events, and I'm involved in uh, Worldcon, which will be happening in Dublin next year, and uh, it's so much work. It's so hard, and then you do work, and people criticise you usually online. <laughs> so you know, uh, without even coming to you first, <laughs> they start attacking you online. So it's 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 really tough. It's a really tough gig. It costs a lot of money. It costs uh, a lot of effort. You're in permanent chance of bankruptcy at any point. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I can see. I I know I know personally why it's so hard to get people to volunteer and. And, and you know, do it. I, I think one of the things that has, because a lot of people who are involved in EasterCon are also involved in Dublin and the London bid for, not London, the, the UK bid. UK bid. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Probably yeah. won't be London. Yeah. Can't say more because I'll get my hands snapped. Is it um, your house? No. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm doing the social media for Dublin. Oh, um, very good. Yeah. Um, and it, it's hilarious because yeah. we say things like, we're changing the ticket scheme. We're changing the ticket scheme. We're changing the ticket scheme. We've changed the ticket scheme. Oh my God! You changed the ticket scheme. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we did. We told you <laughs> multiple told times. <laughs> we drove balloons round to your house. <laughs> and we stuck a stuck the time of those tweets, and you would definitely see it. Yeah. Wherever yeah, yeah, in America yeah. you live. We seriously yeah. considered a flash mob just just for you, and yeah. maybe we should have. Um, but yeah, running events is hard. This but is the case yeah. in all business, though. I, I yeah. worked for a political party during the general election, and my main takeaway mm. from that was that the thick of it is an inspiring docudrama about <laughs> professional, <laughs> dedicated people doing their best in a really adverse world. <laughs> I, I'm reliably told that W1A is similarly... Uh, no, it's, yeah, it's, a it's a documentary about really on it, <laughs> fully functioning, like passionate, intelligent professionals. This is what we've learned. Wow. Is W1A the one that's a spin-off of 2012? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> but the, 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 the short version of that is if you want to get involved in events, because Concentric 2020 is a bid, it's probably going to happen because it's the only bid. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and people when the event happened so good luck uh, where uh, concentric 2020.uk will be in Birmingham probably probably probably, oh, probably okay. maybe and we've said it's really hard but it's not that hard it's really fun you should do it yeah, really oh do yeah, it. yeah sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. you make we, lots of friends Jelly and we were just we were confused <laughs> yeah, it'll be great yeah. Yeah. no actually it is really good at the same time as being yeah. difficult you know but the problem is people tend to burn out and that's why committees change you know what I mean and then that's why it moves around and, and that can be a difficulty but people should volunteer and get involved it is very good the, the thing about like an Easter con um, or anything that's sort of within one country and always within one country is that you get less of a build up so I think you probably get slightly less of a burnout but like how long has the Dublin thing been running now uh, probably since about 2010 yeah I mean, like they have the to start get, planning that. Yeah, by the time we get there next summer, that's that's a long time, isn't it? Yeah, it is. The UK twenty twenty four bid started it's in last twi- year. It yeah. started in in twenty fourteen, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I mean the planning, the pre planning, yeah. which is crazy, would start about a decade ahead. Yeah. So you're saying that more planning goes into a world con than into the Olympics. Yes. yes. Yeah. Wow. Definitely more than. Does that government. mean? Does that mean that I'm like some sort of athlete if I go there? Let's see. With yes. my prehensile tail and and oh, the, nice. the flamingo Olympics and stuff. Mm. Well, there's less. I was about to say there's less hoops to jump through, but that's also an Olympic one that we can get done. <laughs> uh, we have. Oh. A, a lovely man has made a um, gesture implying that I. A very polite gesture. Let's yeah, not. I've. 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 The throat is about to be cut. Yeah. I'm Time is up. We're about to be murdered. Um, All both. So, um, thank you very much for coming. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can catch us on uh, Starburst Magazine uh, website. Uh, it's out there. Uh, and um, thank you very much. Can I have? Uh, uh, it's goodbye for me at Fortune. Uh, goodbye for me, producer Al. Goodbye from Dal. Goodbye from Maura. Goodbye from Anna. Bye from Claire. <laughs> thank you very much for coming. <laughs>